XR Webinar Series by Design Hubs. Virtual Try-On for Eyewear Success with Gene Thomas. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today on our XR Podcast Series. Today, we have Jean Thomas, the Chief Marketing Officer, Technology and Product Officer at Iowa, one of the leading brands for eyewear in the GCC region. Jean, it's really great to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us, and it's a, it's a pleasure. We're very excited to have you. Thank you for having me. Uh, Jean, amazing career. You worked at some of the leading retailers and brands across so many different geographies, to name a few, Lazada, Alibaba Group, Pomelo Fashion, and now leading one of the largest and fastest growing eyewear brands in the region. So can you please first, maybe we can start by introducing yourself to the public and giving us like a quick overview about your career path and what you're doing today at Iowa. Yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm John, I've been uh, doing e-commerce and, and, and retail at the later stage of my career for the past um, roughly 12 years now. I'm, try, I'm trying to count, is it getting older by the day? Um, I used to live across uh, Southeast Asia or Asia Pacific in general, uh, whether it was in, in Singapore with uh, Lazada, which was the Amazon of Asia, one of the largest uh, company in the region, uh, or with um, Red Mart also in Singapore, which is the largest online supermarket there, also acquired by Alibaba. used to live in Shanghai for another eyewear company, actually, uh, which is more like a platform, uh, Cosmar by Glasses. Uh, and in Thailand, recently, in, in the last uh, in the three and a half years before I moved to Dubai, uh, which is, um, I suppose, a copycat of, of Zara, uh, being like the, the Zara of Southeast Asia. Now, I lead marketing, product, and technology at, at Iowa. Uh, we are a company that sells eyewear and primarily our own brands that we develop in-house. Uh, we've been uh, around for, for a couple of years and, and uh, went into the retail space in the last three years as well. Uh, so now we have a fully uh, omnichannel capable uh, organization uh, for, for the eyewear industry. That's amazing. And it's awesome to see really how you went through different geographies and really have all this tremendous experience across so many different uh, sectors. Um, so I, I believe everyone in the region is familiar with Iowa, um, like it's a homegrown brand, as, as we call it, uh, and, and really capable of reaching like huge scalability. And it, become, it became very well known across Saudi Arabia, UAE, Qatar, Kuwait, and, you know, the whole GCC. So um, it's really great to see the, the traction, the progress that, uh, that you guys have achieved so far. And I really wanted to understand from your perspective, how do you see the e-commerce and the retail space in the MENA compared to all of the previous geographies that you worked with, like in South, Southeast Asia and, and otherwise? So if you can like, give us a bit of contrast between what you've seen here and, and versus there. I think in uh, the MENA or, or GCC region, I mean, retail is definitely, I would say, on the stronger side. I think most most retailers or, or shopping mall in the in the region are very well run, very professionally. Um, you know, the, the quality of, of everything being done here, I think, is definitely there. Uh, probably also linked to the fact that, you know, going to the shopping mall is more of an activity as well in, in this region. So 
there are a lot of efforts being put uh, in that space. When it comes to the e-commerce space, I will say it's quite behind, uh, even though I know that, you know, whether it's governments or, or, or there are a lot of companies trying to, to make it in the e-commerce space, but the, the penetration of e-commerce is still relatively small compared to retail, even though uh, I'm sure it was some acceleration with uh, the COVID time, uh, but still like quite behind. Southeast Asia is a bit of a unique spot because it has a very large population. I mean, pretty much a, a billion plus. Uh, it had so much funding, you know, that went into the, the region as well. Um, and then you also have a demographic that is interesting because of the rise of middle class in, in that region that basically increased the amount of people wanting to, to shop. And a lot of these people are, are born with a mobile first uh, experience. So I would say it's definitely uh, bigger there, but this region is, is growing in that segment. Definitely more and more retailers are Omni, uh, I would say, uh, really like trying to bridge a journey between uh, more like offline to online rather than the other way around. Um, you know, every time I go to a shop in Dubai, almost every shop will have ability to shop online from their store, from their website directly in store. Uh, they'll be able to cross-check uh, stocks, you know, between uh, offline and online, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I do think it's in the right uh, uh, direction, but still, I would say quite behind uh, Southeast Asia. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, Jean. And basically, the volume plays. Uh, a bigger role as well like you mentioned the billion plus uh, so definitely there's a huge gap in terms of like the population and the volume as well as funding um, and like it's very clear uh, on, on that regard um, so Jean Iwa I remember very well started as an online only um, brand and then you incorporated the in-store experience and now expanded to, I believe, more than 25 in-store shops, if I'm not mistaken, if the number is correct. For which for which one? For in-store? For for stores, yes. So you started only online, then you added like uh, how many stores? Now, now we are at uh, 101. Oh, 101. Okay, sorry. I missed that number. We, we closed <laughs> okay. 100 end of last year and we opened... Uh, our first new store uh, in January of the That's awesome. Congratulations. Very exciting for, for the region. So can you give us a quick like overview, some data points? How do you see things happening offline versus online? And like what would be your, I would say, optimal, optimal omni-channel experience in, in this regard? Yeah, I think... Um... I mean, just to go back to the story of Iowa, I think it might help to explain a bit more after, but the company started as a platform selling other brands, uh, which generally is the fastest way to go to market because brands that you sell already have a name. Uh, creating a website, selling other brands is relatively uh, simple. Um, so in principle, I think as a way to start, it was good. Then as we collected more data points around what we're selling and so forth, we decided to create our own brands that will be also more fitted to the region, both in terms of uh, price point, uh, quality, um, shape and, and materials, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so we created brand across all our categories, whether it's sunglasses, eyeglasses, uh, color contact lenses and, and regular contact lenses and, you know, kids wear and, and so forth. Uh, today, 
it's pretty much our vast majority. I mean, uh, let's let just assume like nine out of 10 products that we sell today is our own brands. Uh, at the back of the brand, we also launched our retail uh, journey three years ago and opened 100 stores uh, in three years, which was uh, phenomenal. I mean, nobody did it in this region. Uh, nobody did it in, in the world in the first three years of inception. Some companies opened more stores, obviously, but it took them, um, you know, longer. It's easier to do big volume when you, you know, already have a couple hundred. Uh, it's much harder when you start from home zero and with, you know, relatively uh, smaller, maybe funding, you know, on, on the side. Um, the, the idea also behind it is because the, the, the reality is selling eyewear online is not an easy category. Uh, selling other brands may be a bit simpler because a lot of people just might reorder or they know the products already, they already tried. They can go and try it pretty much anywhere uh, in the other retailers and, and then shop it on, online if they want to. Uh, when you sell your own brand, it has some difficulty. The second part is to be a successful eyewear company, at least from a profit standpoint, uh, you need to sell eyeglasses, and eyeglasses require an eye test. And this is where the difficulties come in, and where you know physical location are also quite important. Um, you know, I always say this. I mean, it's my second eyewear company. I wear glasses all my life, and and I still haven't shopped eyeglasses online. I still I browse it and I try and whatever, but I I, I complete the purchase in store. Uh, and I think this is a behavior that we we kind of like want to also encourage where people maybe shop online if they already know what they want. If they don't know what they want, they're able to try um, whether virtually or, or, or browse the product, look at the price point, uh, and then complete their journey uh, within a, a physical location. Yeah, yeah very insightful. Uh, and thank you for sharing um, You know this insight. Uh, you mentioned around 101 now 101 stores and uh, and around three years which is like an amazing number and as you mentioned i haven't seen any company don't uh, do that so it's very outstanding what you guys have achieved congratulations uh, to okay. that and uh, wishing you like very excited to see what's next uh, on, on this regard in terms of um, shopping you touched up i thought you touched upon a couple of points in re uh, regarding like eyeglasses and then uh, virtual try-on uh, yes i completely agree with you some of the main challenges for eyeglasses is be able to really understand like uh, what's like what, what's the um, number that like i i don't know what what's the exact term but the number that you need to get for your uh, uh, to be able to get the, the correct glasses for for your eyes uh, but also in terms of virtual try-on and maybe we can add these like two different things here from virtual try-on perspective, how do you see this like developing in the coming years? So you guys are at the forefront of the technologies. You're really, um, in, you're you're really like adding technologies that a lot of other people, even bigger brands, are lacking. So really leveraging that to provide your consumers with the best possible shopping experience, be be it online or offline. So can you elaborate a bit on how you see virtual try-on specifically for eyewear? Because the, as you mentioned, it's one of the toughest categories to buy online. Um, if you can elaborate on that and how do you see it evolving in the next years? I mean, I think like everything around us, um, 
virtuality of products become closer to a reality. I, I think I remember, I mean, uh, the first eyewear company I worked for, I think that was like uh, maybe seven years ago, right? And, and we had VTO at the time. I remember like we, we had some some version of it, but the, the quality of it was, was really not great. I mean, as like it was like basic, you know? It was kind of like a basic image just floating around. Uh, but at the time, it's what you could have. I think in the next coming years, I mean, I, th I really believe that uh, virtual product can be pretty much as good as a physical product with almost no differences. And the same way you watch a movie today, you, you barely can tell CGI from reality already. So I, I don't think it's a, a big of an issue. I think the, the technologies in general are progressing in a way that you know, it will just continue to be uh, better and better and better. I think consumers want to shop more and more at the convenience of their home. Like despite going to a shopping mall being a great activity for some people, I, I still think that, you know, that there is, um, you know, a lot of cultural also nuances in this region that, you know, some people might need to actually try at home as opposed to try in store, uh, especially in, in Saudi Arabia. So I do think it's also relevant to this region that you can try to comfort at your house without having a, a worse experience than in a physical store, basically. I think that's kind of like the ideal goal. Um, and, you know, again, it, for me, is I wear fashion shoes, maybe a few of these categories. Buying without trying is, is problematic. I mean... I used to work in a fashion company. The, the, everything is great about fashion, for example, except one thing. The, the return rate are insane. And the return rate are insane because you can't try. You, you know what I mean? Like, it's not just a sizing issue. I mean, sizing is one aspect of things. But very often, it's not related to sizing. It's actually related to how it fits on you, do you like it or not, you know, and, and so forth. Obviously, all the company provided free returns and the way to incentivize customer, but that's also not economically viable. So I think this is where like VTO helps a little bit because you can at least get some sense whether this product will look like something you would like. You might complete the journey differently at the end. You might go to a store, but at least you have an idea in mind. Uh, and I do think VTO can help to complete purchase online, but also can help to complete purchase offline at the end. It's just... Uh, it might be a tool to help or to convert, you know, like uh, either way. Um, so, yeah, I do think there is bright future for, for V2 in general. I just saw uh, even on the uh, beauty side, I think it was at the CES in uh, Las Vegas. I think uh, L'Oreal had a big, uh, you know, reveal about all the number about the app where it's like fully VTO for makeup. And it looks very, very nice, to be honest. They had like 20 plus million users, like very, very strong. Because again, like, why not? I mean, beauty is even easier than eyewear. You know, like you can create a full makeup properly done um, and do have a, a great experience after. Is it like perfect? No, but will it be perfect in the next coming years? Yeah, li very likely. Yeah, of course. And completely agree on that point. Also to add on what you mentioned, what you said now for makeup and how, like how easier it is uh, compared to eyewear. For makeup, you don't have a sizing issue. Like it's just exactly. overlaying a color on different parts of your face. For eyewear, you need to see the exact fit, the size, and re really able to gauge the virtual product 
and being able to compare this virtual product as if it's a real product that you're trying all from the yeah. comfort of your home or office so yeah uh, exactly um jean based on your experience like you've interacted with so many vto technologies can you give us like an overview on how this impacted iowa yeah i mean i think like um as I said before, I think there's two two directions that we're going with Iowa, the future and then the past, right? I think when it comes to the past, the idea was we need to have a feature that will help people to understand our brand better. Because again, people might not know our brand. If you don't know a brand, you still need to, as you said, get a sense of the size of the glasses, how they look like on you and so on. Because you actually don't know this product. You never saw maybe, maybe not many people with it before. Uh, so, so the, definitely that uh, help a lot. Whether it's increasing conversion rate, increasing like people uh, from online to offline. So this is definitely present now. What we think of the future is like I actually think most company got it a little bit wrong with video, where it's um, today it's kind of like I would say an assistant to the to the funnel of, of a customer. So a customer go to your website. And then this is kind of like, first we show them a traditional way of shopping. Then we give them VTO. So it's kind of like, you know, like a second layer to help you convert uh, as opposed to a first layer. Because actually, what would you want to buy a product that you don't know how it looks on you? Like it sounds very idiotic, actually, if you think about it. It's like, you're trying to buy something that fundamentally you have no idea whether it looks good on you or not and you're going to have it on your face everywhere you go which doesn't sound like super appealing so the direction that we want to go in the future is as opposed to show a product i want people to go directly into a video experience i, I want people to actually go straight to try the product and then after they can go and check you know whatever description materials and all the all the other more traditional commerce, but I need them to try first because if they try and it looks good on them, they're likely to continue their journey. But the other way, the other way is not always true. You might see a product think actually, I'm not, I don't think it's good for me. So you don't even give a chance to the video. When if you're already in a video experience, you know, then it becomes a bit better. So I do think company have to make it a bit more uh, core. And I'll give an example of non-eyewear. I remember when I went, uh, when I used to work for Alibaba, we went to, um, they, they have a hotel in Hangzhou, the Alibaba hotel for, for mostly staff, it's a pilot hotel. And when you go to the uh, hotel room, there is a magic mirror there on, on, in, your, in your bathroom. Uh, and the magic mirror is fully connected. And you can uh, just put your face there. You, you can select like, let's say you want to go, I don't know, some kind of like uh, evening party or whatever. And then, uh, they will recommend the makeup. They will ask for your personal preferences, scan your face, and they will recommend what you can have. And if you okay to, you know, you're like, okay, I really like this. I would like to have it. They basically give you two options. Either they will deliver you the full product that you have to pay for. It will be delivered within 15 minutes at your door uh, to directly do the makeup and you have a tutorial on how to make it happen. So it's kind of like goes all the way. The second option, which is free actually, is you can get the samples from the brands for you to try this makeup. And then if you like it, you can go and, and buy these products, actually. Uh, and, 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 and it's great because brands love it because anyway, they give samples to just about everyone when 
you go at Sephora or other. For Alibaba, it's great because there's no cost. And for the customer, it's great because they get to get a full new makeup, how to do it for free. And then if they want to purchase after, it's another idea. So, But again, this experience is good because it's a VTO first experience. It's not a VTO last experience. Um, yeah. Just to give you some, some context why. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is really great to hear. And it's a very, very interesting experience for, for, for the consumers. So basically bringing the products to the consumer instead of the consumer searching for what they want. So really understanding yeah. the user from like facial and personality point of view, bringing the products to them, enabling them to virtually try them to eventually deciding for them to decide whether like they want to purchase or like give it a try and see how it's eventually going to look. And I believe with AI and, you know, machine learning and the advancement of these technologies, we're very, very close to understanding the consumer and predicting their behavior more than they think we, I mean, that's the technology would be able to. And uh, I think there's a huge opportunity there as well, uh, Jean. Uh, and specifically now talking about eyewear. So just just really now talk like trying to assimilate what you just told me now for Alibaba and what they did uh, to, to, to eyewear. So providing an algorithm that scans people's face, understand them very deeply, and then just provide based on their face shape and some of the data that you gather on this on these uh, shoppers, providing them with with recommendation of products that would look good on them based on face shape, face size, and many more data, and maybe previous data collected from uh, Iowa, if they're Iowa customers already. So bridging all this gap together and bringing the products for the consumer to virtually try them, and then making a much more informed decision and a much more efficient shopping journey. So I believe this is a very interesting topic uh, for the online retail space and how you can bring the products to the consumer and not vice versa, like you going and searching from scratch. Yeah, I mean, uh, as much as I love uh, e-commerce, um, I, I do think that traditional e-commerce as it is today has no future. Like, uh, I, I don't know how long it will take. It can be, you know, two, three years, 10 years, 20 years. But it be, fundamentally, it has no future because the, the experience of it is actually somewhat worse than the retail experience in many different categories. Like it's very convenient when you want to buy bulky items. Sure, no problem. Like, uh, or item that, you know, you don't need to try, but any categories you need to try is fundamentally worst. Like I, I was just thinking about it just yesterday. I was in a shopping mall, right? And I was in uh, Harvey Nichols, I think, and my girlfriend was just buying lipstick. You have like 30 shades of red of lipsticks. If you, if you, if even by having it physically on the person's skin, it's already hard to decide. So now imagine having these 30 lipsticks online and you have to pick one. You don't know which one. It's very difficult. Like at least if you have an ability to, to see it on, on, on your lips in a realistic manner, whether it's a bit more shiny or not and, and all of that, like at, at least you can make an informed decision, you know, at least. But traditional commerce, I mean, Again, it's, it's good today, but in the future, I don't think so. And it's not just video. I remember in Asia, for example, uh, live stream was extremely popular. Uh, you know, anything around what they call shop entertainment in Asia was also very popular. Like, but purely traditional way, I think it's good for the next coming years, but not for the next decades to come. 
I don't also I also don't think that uh, you know it's not like people want to buy like um, you know a VR machine and 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 look a bit silly like everywhere they go with it uh, to to see things. I, I do think this technology can be brought within the phone. You know, I mean, it doesn't have to be something that another device. Uh, but the company have to build the experience in a more, uh, you know, video-centric way if they want to achieve that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's very exciting to hear that you're really at the forefront uh, of the, of these technologies. And honestly, I I don't know any company talking about eyewear who's done it this way, like did a VTO, VTO first experience. And like it's really exciting to see that you're like planning to execute that and be at the forefront of this and be like the first uh, to do it. And I believe it definitely for the reasons that we just mentioned, it has tremendous opportunities. Uh, and then for the years to come, yes, e-commerce, the current e-commerce, um, I would say infrastructure. And as it's built, it's been the same for almost 20 years now, 15, 20 years. Yeah. So it is bound to change and it, it, it is time for, for a change to make it more user-centric. So to make it centered around the user versus around the product or around the, the, the company. So yep. yeah, I completely agree on that. Um, Jean, very, very insightful. And thank you so much for sharing these. Um, do you have any final thoughts, like maybe something from an insider information for, for our uh, listeners to share something exciting for Iowa um, and something you can you can share some some news for them to 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 be excited about. I mean, I think we are definitely looking to rebuild a brand new experience for our e-commerce, whether it's um, uh, app or or, or website. Uh, definitely, VTO as core is is the direction that I I would like to go into. I think you know, like one day I was sitting at home and I was just like opening all the leading eyewear company in the world website. And then I was listening to all these people saying, it's impossible to sell eyewear online. And I just realized it's very, it's very weird because everyone says it's impossible. Everyone is doing it the same way. And then everyone just say it doesn't work. And then yet everyone just keep doing it the same way. And, and, and I'm just thinking like, you know, like, and then when you, when you, when, when what you do is actually worse than going to a store, then there's fundamentally something wrong with it, right? So I think what we're trying to do is like to build an end-to-end -end experience that would actually be superior than retail. Like if you build a superior experience than retail, then then you basically won this game, right? Of like uh, actually disrupting with e-commerce. If your experience is worse than retail, you're not disrupting anything. You, you're just uh, adding more complexity, actually. So I, I think the, the idea is to build something that would be superior or on par you know with with retail uh that can provide you know maybe some aspect like convenience that uh, retail sometimes doesn't have but um for me if 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 not this there's, there's no point doing doing this you know like uh, it doesn't make sense and the example i gave to people is when i was doing online grocery no one was shopping online grocery that was the example i was often giving now everyone thinks like is it, you know online grocery is a normal thing you know blah 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 they can thank COVID for that. But uh, before this, everyone said no one will ever shop groceries online. People want to touch their meat, their carrots, and, and all of this, right? Uh, the, the reality is, uh, the, the reason why is because the, the, the way of shopping online was always worst. And to be honest, in this region, it is worst. 
but in uh, in in Southeast Asia, shopping grocery online is is actually better than than going to a store. It's better. You have access to more products. The price are better. You can uh, select quality. The company are very savvy at at picking. You know, much better than you will ever do. The freshness is better. You know, there's so many aspects why why it almost makes no sense to buy uh, offline. And when I was in Asia, I never buy offline. I just buy online because it's, it's better. It's better, faster, cheaper. You know, it's as good as it gets. Yeah. So it's the same thing we're trying to re redo with eyewear to do something where it, it is not not essentially cheaper, but but better. You know, like uh, not you know like uh, worst. So I think that's uh, the idea for eyewear, and then. We'll continue our retail expansion. We'll continue to open countries. All of this will 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 continue as it is, and then that will just be um, a, a great addition to the eyewear family to have something a bit uh, more technology advanced. That's really really great to hear, and we really can't wait to see uh, what you guys are building and to experience uh, this new experience. I would say uh, VTO first experience for eyewear. So really excited to have that. And uh, we'll definitely give it a try. Uh, and yeah, I believe this is super exciting for the region. Jean, before we wrap up, just one last question. Would you guys, would you guys think or would you guys, uh, is penetrating to Europe or to the US um, on the roadmap, like going out of the GCC? Uh, it's not really like, I think we are open to any opportunities, but... I think we have still a long way to go in this region. So it's kind of like, it's less of a matter of like whether we want or not. It's more a matter of like, where should we spend our time? Like, uh, obviously, if one day we feel we are slowing down in this region, then we will definitely look at new opportunities, uh, whether they are uh, on the West or in the East. Uh, in the meantime, to be honest, we're planning to open more stores than we opened last year. So there's no slowdown. Whenever the slowdown will happen, I think we'll debate. And then after everything becomes also opportunity-based, I think, um, you know, to be honest, we did so much in three years, last three years, that uh, time was more of a constraint than ideas. Yeah, definitely. Uh, great, to hear, uh, great to hear that. And uh, honestly, I'm a huge fan uh, of Iowa uh, again. We consider it as the leading homegrown eyewear brand for the region. Uh, huge support uh, to you guys and to what you're doing. Congratulations again on uh, all the achievements. And uh, Jean, it's been really a pleasure having you uh, on our podcast. Uh, any final thoughts before we wrap it up? All good. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you all for joining. It was really nice. And uh, until next time. Thank you. Follow us on our LinkedIn page to stay updated with our news.